This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pod bless, everybody. I'm your host of OPP, Corey Cambridge. And before we get started with this amazing episode, I want to tell you about my other show, Silent Giants. Silent Giants is a podcast that highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. Ever wondered who made the MTV logo? Did you know the person who wrote Earth, Wind & Fire's hit song September? Also wrote the theme song for the hit 90s TV show Friends? On Silent Giants, we learn more about these amazing people and dig deep to learn more about their most famous works. Be sure to check out Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Now, let me introduce you to our special guest of OPP. Hey everybody, my name is Nicoletta Von Heidegger and I am co-host of a podcast called Sluts and Scholars, which is a sex-positive, shame-free educational podcast about all things sex. And today I'm excited to be on OPP. Pa bless everybody and welcome back to another episode of OPP, Other People's Podcasts, America's number one podcast discovery platform that highlights your favorite podcasters and the dope shows they created. Our special guest this episode is Nicoletta Von Heidegger, host of the amazing podcast, Sluts and Scholars. Each week, Nicoletta chats with folks from across sexuality, kink, and professional spectrums about desire, pleasure, shame, stigma, and of course, bodily functions. In this interview, we're going to learn more about Nicoletta, her career as a sex therapist. She explains the common issues around sex that play couples. We get her podcaster's picks. And of course, we get into her dope show, Sluts and Scholars. So... Allow me to introduce you to Nicoletta. Nicoletta, what's up? What's up? Thanks so much for having me. No, it's a pleasure to have you as a guest on OPP. How's everything going? Everything's really good. You just caught me in between clients, so I'm excited to take a break and and talk to you uh, where I'm being asked the questions. Hopefully, I'm a good interviewer. <laughs> well, I know you're not my therapist, so you know it'll be a, it's not like that kind of questions. But uh, I'm excited to to be here and chat with you. Well, tell me more about about your background. Where are you from originally? I grew up in Los Angeles in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, I'm from a place called Chatsworth, which is pretty much known for pornography and Charles Manson. Uh, You know, two really uh, awesome things. (laughs) Um, And so I grew up in L.A. I went to school in the Bay Area and probably since... Since high school, my, my sister had a babysitter uh, who taught me this thing that how she, when she was growing up, she never had sex with anybody until they were willing to go get STD tested. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. So since high school, I like started doing that and having more conversations with people about sex and sexuality. Uh, then by the time I went to college, I worked at like the Sexual Health Peer Resource Center where people could come in, get information, get free condoms, buy sex toys. Um, and then I ended up writing a, uh, writing a, an article for the newspaper about sex. 
Um, but that kind of coupled with having a, a good therapist growing up uh, really inspired me to, to go into the field of mental health and, and sexology. So I've been focusing on, on all of that ever since. So tell me more about the work and the work that you, you're doing currently. So I'm a marriage and family therapist, uh, but I specialize in sex therapy. So what that means is I went and got a master's in clinical psychology. I've been seeing clients for a couple years now. Um, some of those I was not licensed. You have to like meet with a supervisor uh, before you're licensed. But um, I specialize in sex therapy. And the reason for that is in my studies, I learned that most therapists get one class, if at all, on human sexuality, which I think is absolutely insane, and it totally does not prepare you to like work with couples or individuals. Uh, and so I really didn't want to be another sector in somebody's life where they couldn't talk about sex. Um, so I see clients for other things, you know, anxiety, depression, relational issues, trauma, um, but I do have a specialization in issues relating to sex and sexuality. Um, and I think that's really important. I wish it wasn't a specialization and that like everyone, uh, had experience with that, but, um, you know, there's plenty of, plenty of clients for me now. <laughs> In your work with couples, uh, what are like some, some pain points around sexuality uh, that you kind of see is, is trending or happening today? Yeah, I mean, I see individuals and couples, but for the couples that I see, I would say the most common one is people just not talking about what they want or not having the words to express how they want things uh, sexually. Uh, I think another common thing is people having different levels of libido um, and just preferring sex in different ways, which I think is, is common in every couple. You know, one person wants to have sex more at a different time of day with a different amount of frequency than maybe the other partner or partners if they're, you know, non-monogamous. Um, those two things together, I think a, a third thing, sex specific, um, there's a really big focus on like penis and vagina penetrative sex, um, as the def definition of what sex is. Uh, and that can really be minimizing for people who have like a busy life, a schedule, kids. And so they end up not doing like any sex stuff because maybe they don't have time for the quote unquote full sex, uh, of penetration. And then there's like the basics for most couples, which is like trouble communicating, um, issues with past relationships, uh, potential like infidelity and struggles with monogamy. Um, I would say those are the most common things that I see. How do we, how do we improve on communication inside of a relationship? I mean, I find that if couples aren't talking about most things, they're probably not talking about sex just because sex, I think sex and money are the two things that people like avoid talking about um, just because they may not have the language. Obviously, there's ways to do it later in life. That's why people come to me. But ideally, this would be training that's happening like throughout a person's life. You know, like you'd be practicing these types of conversations growing up and maybe there'd be classes in school to teach people how to better communicate and make relationships or learning from parents and parental relationships. I think we don't do a good job as a society uh, giving people the resources to have these conversations. And so I think in terms of sex, firstly, it's important to know what you want and what you like, which can be tough for some people because they may not feel good in their body. So they're not even willing to like take a look and be honest with themselves um, about what they want. Uh, so something that I do is, you know, just to help people figure out what, what they want and then to, to give them the language uh, for how to communicate that in a in a kind way to a partner. Um, just to give you an example, 
when I was in college, I was hooking up with this guy and I wanted something done differently. And I, I said it in a way that like I thought was pretty good. You know, I've been like studying this. And so I was like, oh, you know, here's how I want something. And he said, uh, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I was like well bitch clearly you don't um but you know it's every every person is different so I think it's it's important to meet each person where they're at you're always learning new things about the person that you're with and so each partner is different and so it's it's really just learning to speak each other's language and I think that takes effort and and practice uh Nicoletta I am 32 years old I feel like uh and I'm so we're probably around the same age range and growing up with the internet. We're the last generation to remember not having the internet. This is the first generation where um, we're getting porn on demand whenever we want it and all kinds of it. We can get down to the nuance searches of things we want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but how are we seeing porn shape the, the human experience today? I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Unfortunately, I think porn has become the scapegoat for a lot of problems and people kind of use it as an excuse for why maybe there are things wrong with with sex and sexuality. Um, I I personally think porn is great. I think um, it can be a great way to like adjunct your sex life or your sex life with a partner. I think the reason why it's problematic is because a lot of people are learning about sex from porn exclusively. So porn porn is entertainment. You know, it's it's like a movie. These are athletes and actors who are working really hard to give an experience that's not realistic. You know, it's just a fantasy. And so I, I don't think the problem is porn per se. The problem is that we don't have any context or people aren't taught a sex ed context around porn. And so if you're just learning sex ed from porn, um, you may get disenchanted with what actual sex looks like because you don't see the part where the guy can't get a boner or where the girl can't get lubricated or where, you know, somebody farts or there's a weird noise or like, a weird, you know, something happens or a weird smell. They don't show you those parts most of the time. And so to me, I think that the issue is just lacking the sex education. Whereas if we had a context around the porn, then you could watch it like I do a little more, you know, like this is just entertainment. A metaphor that I like to use for folks is trying to learn how to have sex from watching porn is like trying to learn how to drive from watching The Fast and the Furious. Like these are experts doing their thing um, and you can't compete with it. And so I think if you don't have any other sex ed as a result, uh, I think folks can struggle with with their body and what they think their, their body and their genitals are supposed to look like, how long they think they're supposed to last, um, how functional their body should be. Um, but... Uh, you know, if there was better sex ed, I don't think we'd be having these problems as a result of watching porn. Uh, how do you feel like we can improve on, on sexual education? Oh, I mean, firstly, having it. <laughs> Did you have sex ed? Did you have sex ed growing up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like six, uh, seventh grade, sixth grade. What do, you, what do you remember them teaching about? Do you remember it at all? Um, you know what's funny is that all right, this is this is interesting because I've I've never actually talked about sex on my on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> or these type of experiences. So, growing up, you know, I discovered masturbation probably when I was 10, 11 years old, um, and I never had a conversation at that point about masturbation. So all of a sudden, I orgasm, and I'm scared out of my mind because I'm like, "What is this coming out yeah, of yeah. me?" <laughs> and I was super scared, like. 
But for a kid, I mean, I think it's fun. It's funny now when we think back on it, but like, imagine for a nine or 10 year old who has no idea what the heck is going on. Like that can be traumatizing, right? Like you're like, I have no idea what's happening. Like, am I dying? Is God going to punish me? Like that is very traumatizing. So I think the sex conversation needs to start at birth, honestly. And that, that can just be like naming parts of the body, what they're supposed to be named. You know, something a lot lot of parents do is call genitals like weird pet names, like wee wee, pee pee, cucaracha, like, I don't know, just, I don't know if you have bird, yeah, like cockroach, right? That's a weird, anyway, so like that's one way that folks can start early, like changing this conversation, because if you're not even able to call the thing what it is, it's teaching a person from a young age that there's like shame and even like naming this part of your body. Um, and like acknowledging what it is and what it does. And so sixth or seventh grade, I think is way too late to start the ongoing conversation. Granted, you don't need to be going into like types of porn, you know, in early sex ed, but there are a lot of great resources out there for like age appropriate sex education. Um, there's one that I really like that we've had on our podcast called sex positive families. Um, and they do a good job about teaching kind of like what is appropriate maybe for, for each age group. But for me, it's just, it's an ongoing conversation and look, a lot of parents out there didn't get any sex ed. And so they're really freaked out and they don't know how to talk to their kids about it. So the cycle just like repeats itself. There's a cultural component too, right? Like depending on socioeconomic status or race or culture or religion, like it may just be you're not supposed to talk about it. Nicoletta, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get to your podcast, Lesson Scholars. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we back. Okay, so Nicoletta, uh, I want to talk to you about how did you first discover the medium of podcasting? Honestly, I never really considered it. Um, I'm such a hypocrite because I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. (laughs) Um, I do listen now to a lot more just because of of the work that I'm doing in it, but I really just wanted to reach a wider audience with the sex ed because I wanted to, to give people a resource, um, to explore their sexuality in a, in a non-shaming way. And what inspired me to do it is I was, um, I was out at the Korean spa with a a sex worker friend of mine. Um, She's a classic porn performer, Nina Hartley. Uh, Love you, Nina. Uh, And so, so love Nina Hartley. Yes, she's she's a queen. She's a goddess. I learned how to give oral sex from watching her. You know, guide to better fellatio. So, we were out um, at the Korean spa, and she was talking about how she wasn't allowed to teach at certain schools or do certain things because of her background as a porn performer. Um, and I had recently had some pushback from teachers of mine about how openly I spoke about sex. Um, and we were, we had this idea of like, why can't you be a sexual person and taken seriously in other aspects of your life? So, um, she kind of helped me come up with the title of, of sluts and scholars. Like, why can't you be a slut and a scholar at the same time? And so 
I was trying to figure out the best way to, to do it. I had tried doing some videos for my website, but it seemed like everyone was doing podcasts and I was like, okay, this is a good way to, to reach a wider audience. And, um, and then people started responding and, and wanted to actually hear what we had to say. So we just kept it going. Um, for folks who have not tuned in to Sluts and Scholars, can you give me an elevator pitch? Yeah, so Sluts and Scholars is basically a podcast about anything related to the destigmatization. Um, it's the anti-shaming, sex-positive, sexuality podcast uh, where we talk about all things related to sexual health, reproductive justice, uh, porn performers, sex work, orgasms, pleasure, fantasy, anything you can think of. Uh, we've featured guests from Sasha Gray to Dita Von Teese to Amber Heard, um, breast experts, doctors, authors, um, just all kinds of people talking about things that are sex and sex adjacent. You know, I always say that podcasting is an amazing opportunity um, to rebrand yourself or uh, extend your message uh, that you want to get across to a larger audience. What have you seen uh, result from having your podcast in your personal career? I think it's tough because I've had to figure out and I'm still figuring out what kind of persona I want to put across in my podcast because in sessions with clients, you know, it's not about me. And so I'm not sharing much of myself unless it's really helpful or pertinent to the client. And so on the podcast, I'm a lot more open, but I also have to remember that a client will listen probably to my show. Not that I think they like, not that I would, you know, market it to them or anything, but I have to assume that it's out there. It's on the internet. If someone's going to search me and look me up, they're going to be able to listen to my show. And so I've had to figure out like, what kind of persona, um, do I feel comfortable having out there? Cause for me, there's no shame in talking about sex, but, uh, I think whether it's a safety concern or just how I'm viewed in the, the field of, you know, of psychology, I think it's important to know that sex is still stigmatized. And so in some ways it's potentially impacted me negatively um, because a lot of more old school therapists are like, how could you be so open about this? Um, but on the flip side, I think it has attracted a certain type of clientele. Um, it's allowed me to talk with so many amazing people from around the world and we get amazing emails and messages all the time about people telling us like their whole sexual thing going on. And so I definitely am reaffirmed that it's something that needs to be talked about and that needs to be out there. And, um, I think it's crucial, but it's still a struggle to figure out how I want my voice to be in these very different realms. What have you learned personally from your podcast, uh, about sexuality, uh, that you didn't know before you started? I think I'm always learning. Um, and it's not just like the facts and the how to's and the how to give a best blowjob or this and that. I think it's more just talking and hearing different experiences. I think it has challenged me to continue to consider my own like sexual privilege and how blessed I've been to feel so free and anti shame around sex and sexuality and how most people are not so lucky in their experience. And so it's really helped me to to look beyond my like sex positive bubble um, and really see some of the intersectional struggles that that other people are are dealing with to to check myself, but also to inform how I work with my clients. And, and what do you want the listeners um, of Sluts and Scholars to walk away with uh, after listening to your show? I want them to walk away with that language that they can take to their 
to their partners, to their relationships, to themselves that we were kind of talking about earlier in the episode and how they can frame these things to each other, how they can practice it, but also to know that there's community out there for them, that talking about sex is okay, that we can talk about it just like we're talking about the weather or anything else, just as a a normal part of of day to day. But I hope it's just a platform on which people can continue to explore themselves um, and have better sex. Uh, what has this process been like for you to make this show, but then to see it be so well received? I, I discovered your show from the Apple charts. Um, you were like in the top podcast on sexuality. <gasps> Thank you. How does it feel to be so well received and, and have your uh, audience love what you do? I mean, it's a, I think it's a daily struggle and I have to remember that there are people out there, you know, supporting and, and wanting to listen. And, and I so appreciate the the validation and the, and the kind words. I think the uh, imposter syndrome is real, you know, on a, on a daily basis. And, and there's so many podcasts out there, right? I mean, we, my co-host and I really do it as a, as a labor of love. So ideally it would be, you know, even better to potentially get more funding so we can continue to do it in a even higher quality way. So, you know, in a lot of ways we are limited. Um, she's also a full-time law student and I work full-time in private practice and I'm in a PhD program. And so, the amount of time that we can really put into it is not as much as I, as I would like to. Um, but I'm glad with the time we have to me, it sort of models that there's always time to have conversations about sex, even if it's just for a few minutes and, and to prioritize that. But it's been, it's been really cool to, to have that voice and be able to practice this language myself. And it's really helped us meet some amazing people. Like our guests are so cool. I wish we could get them all together in one room because they're fucking amazing. Um, we've been really lucky in the folks who have, who have wanted to come on our show. Um, yeah, I feel hashtag blessed. I hate that saying, but <laughs> I do feel, um, yeah, I do feel really lucky in the work that we've been able to put in. Uh, Nicoletta, we've come to a point in the show called our podcasters picks. Now, this is what I asked today's very special guests uh, to tell me their top three favorite podcasts and describe them to the audience. So Nicoletta, take it away. Well, since I have the platform, I am definitely going to promote stuff that I work with on people with people. Um, so I'm part of this thing called the Pleasure Podcast Collective, uh, and it's a group of like sexuality and relationship and comedy podcasts that have to do with sex. Um, the guy who runs it is a friend of mine from undergrad, and his show is called Sex Talk with My Mom. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough, not just because he's part of the Pleasure Podcasts and a dear friend, but it is so hysterical. I think, I mean, it's this guy and his mom, and they just talk about all the possible sexual things that you can imagine. She's a self-proclaimed cougar, and he is very anxious. And has a lot of sexuals and dating struggles. And the dynamic is just, uh, I, I can't speak highly enough about it. Um, another one that I love from, from the Pleasure Podcast um, is Sex Out Loud with um, somebody who I really adore and look up to. Her name's Tristan Terramino. And she's kind of the OG sex podcaster. Uh, and she focuses on like the social justice component of, of sex and sexuality. 
Um, and then another one that's uh, part of the pleasure podcast is called Body Storytelling. Uh, and it's run by this woman, Dixie, and she has these amazing um, events that she puts together where people who want to talk put their name in a hat and then they get to go talk on stage and tell like a five minute sex story um, of like some crazy sexual experience that they've had. And then she records those and uses them for the podcast. Um, and it is it is wild and just so well done. Um, I also really like any, you know, any murder podcast I feel like is great. Um, I would listen to any of those, but because I'm doing so much editing of my own, I hypocritically find myself not listening to a lot of podcasts these days, but those are ones that I recommend you should go check out. That's awesome. Definitely going to check all of those out. And, uh, Nicoletta, before we get out of here, why do you podcast? I podcast because I think it, gives voice to folks that maybe don't have a voice. I think it's important to reach a wider audience and it's a way to, to have a creative outlet and to remember that for me, at least that, that sex can be fun. Um, and sex can be a form, uh, a creative platform. And I'm so honored for being on this show and for all of our listeners. Thanks so much for having me. Nicoletta, thank you so much for being a guest on OPB today. I'm a big fan of your show. It was a great time listening to it over the weekend, and I'm going to definitely tune in more uh, to your show. And thank you so much for educating people on the issue of sex. I have, I have one important question for you, though. Yeah, what's that? Are you down with the OPP? <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of OPP and to our special guest, Nicoletta Von Heidegger. You can find Sluts and Scholars on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. This episode was mixed by Six Sense. Music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. And are you down with OPP? If so, please be sure to leave me a five-star review in the Apple app. And let me know your favorite podcast in the review section. Lastly, before we get out of here, check out my other show, Silent Giants, which highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. And you can find Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Well, I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Pod bless everybody. Till next time. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.